0: Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Horsham. This message is by Clive Urquhart. God's after us at this time. He is after you, He is after me. He pursues us. You know, when you're in love, you pursue the one that you're in love with, right? And He loves us not with an emotional love, he loves us from, the, from his will. Agape is the will of God, his nature being expressed towards us, that he is love, therefore he has to love because that's his nature. And when you love, you pursue, you go after. And love, there's an intimacy. How does Jesus have intimacy with us? He comes to live in us. I wrote something down earlier in the week that said, in- intimacy leads to habitation. And the Lord said to me, No, wrong way around. I come and inhabit you so that you can have intimacy with me. Otherwise, this is what God said to me. He said, if you try, if you try, if you put intimacy first, then what you're saying is your intimacy with me leads to me habitating in your life. But I've already come to inhabit who I am in you so that you can have that intimacy. And it's like God said, it's what I've done that enables you to have intimacy with me, not what your intimacy that enables habitation. It's the other way around. And God wants us to live in the fullness of who He is and what He's done. We're going to look at Philippians chapter 3 for a few minutes this morning. I've got three chairs up here and some of you, a couple of years ago now, maybe more, we did a whole series on living in the great rest. and. I'm not going over that message, OK? It is a different message, but I'm using the three chairs to, to, in the same way that represent three different ways that we can live. And we're going to use Philippians 3 this morning uh, just to look at the passion that the Apostle Paul had to know Christ, to want to know Him. And last week we had a, a last couple of weeks, God's been speaking about invitation, to intimacy in our lives and what that means and looks like. And, and today it's, it's, it's a passion for intimacy. And we're going to use Paul's life as, a, as an example, as a, as a prodding stick an encouragement in our own lives, as a, as a fire in our own lives to see how we can live in the same way that he does. Because we have the same spirit as Jesus had, but we also have the same spirit that the Apostle Paul had in his life. And, uh, and we're just going to look at uh, briefly at a few scriptures, a few verses in Philippians 3. But just before that, in chapter 2, Paul does a, a brilliant analysis for a few moments and he shows that Jesus came and humbled Himself. He came out of heaven. He came out of a place where people at the time didn't feel was attainable. Uh, you could reach God and, and everything and Jesus came down. And The Apostle Paul describes the way Jesus came and humbled Himself and took the very uh, nature of a servant and counted His life as nothing. He said He didn't even count a uh, relationship with God to be or, or, or a place with God to be, to be possible or to be worthy. And so He humbled Himself as a servant and made Himself nothing. And what Paul was showing is Jesus came down into our humanity. And in Jesus' humanity showed how you can have relationship with the Father. And then Paul describes in Philippians 3, how he's seeking to take hold of the fullness of what he already had in Christ, but was seeking to live fully in his life. And if we look at these three chairs for a few moments, this first one here is uh, is your life when you don't know Jesus. Is before you have relationship with God. So this is most people in the, in the out in the world live separated from God. They don't know God. They don't have a relationship with Him. This one is uh, we in the past series we called it the Great Rest <laughs> a few years ago. But this is this is who you are in Christ. This is the relationship that God brings you into when He saves you out of yourself, out of sin, out of everything else that your life was given over to you, uh, given over to, this is what He brought you into, in Christ, the great rest and what that means. And we'll look at that a bit more in a moment. And then this one is self. So it's different to this. This is where you're just completely living in the flesh. There's no relationship with God. You are 100% all the time living in the flesh, your own effort, your own strength, because the the power of sin or the nature of sin controls your life, okay? So you're living in the flesh 100% of the time. Even if you do good things, because they're outside of who God is, that's all in the flesh, as the Bible talks about. Now over here, this is self, where we move in our lives maybe at different times or in different aspects of our life. instead of maybe living in the fullness of who we are or in who Christ is in us in, in a given moment, we instead of trusting him with something, we move from this place of rest in him or abiding in him or being we're always going to be in Christ even when we're doing our own own effort in that sense. But if we're not living in that place of rest and in the power of who we are in Christ, what we do when we begin to trust ourselves or we begin to take things into our own hands, we slide from a place of rest into a place of self where we begin to take control or we begin to take responsibility and, w- and we take the reins away from the Lord in a certain moment and we take we take the reins into our own hands. and. And this is when we begin to start getting frustrated. We begin to get unsettled, where you lose your peace, where you start getting upset with people, taking offense, and and all, you know, things just don't seem to be going right. They don't seem to be, you know, and, and often we, in this moment we pray and we're saying, God, there's this and this and the other, and this is not right and that's not right and they've upset me and I'm not happy about this and la 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 la, where are you God? And we, we, we want God to answer us in this moment. And what we find is God will never give you all the answers you think you need in this moment here when you're in self. What He says as He is sitting on His throne and we are seated with Christ at the right hand of the Father, we're seated with Him. What God does sitting on His throne, when we go off and do our own thing, He turns to us and He says, I'm waiting, I'm here. When you want to just yield afresh to me and come back and put everything back into my hands, then there'll be a release in your life. Then you'll know what to do. Then whatever He wants to do will take place. And what Paul the Apostle speaks about when we, we look at Philippians 3 in, in, this, uh, in this chapter here, it's in the context where he's writing to the Philippians. And I don't know about you, but whenever you read the, the, the letters of Paul, it's just all about Jesus. Have you noticed that? He's always talking about Jesus Christ, Christ in you and you in Christ and what Christ has done and who He is and what it means to know Christ. And it's just Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ all the time. Why? Because the guy was full and overflowing with who Jesus was. He couldn't get enough of Jesus. He was pursuing Him, going after Him. Why? Because he knew what he'd been forgiven for. and and taken out of and he was having this revelation of who Christ was in him, that he'd been forgiven, he'd been set free, he'd been brought out of slavishly trying to fulfil the law and, and do all the things he was trying to do in his own life. And he suddenly had this revelation of who Jesus was, the forgiveness, the freedom, the liberty. And it set him free from the control of everything that was controlling his life. And it set him on this pursuit of Jesus, this pursuit of Christ. And we see here when we read in verse 7, just before he's talked about how as a, as a, as a zealous Pharisee, he was, he was faultless in the law. You couldn't fault him. He kept the law like, you know, to every jot and tittle. He says, as for zeal, he said, I persecuted the church. I went after the church because I thought that's what God wanted, to to get rid of all these these Christians, these believers. And he he talks about a whole lot of stuff about legalistic righteousness, I'm faultless, all of that. And he has this encounter on the road, as we know. Uh, Jesus meets with him and he comes into this place of rest, this revelation of who he is in Christ. And this is what he then says, verse seven. But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ, Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in Him Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. Now, when you live here, you're living in your your own life. You're living in your own, you're going after whatever it is you're going after. You're living separated from God. People's lives are filled with different things in different ways. Uh, and we can name them, whether they're people are living guilt or shame, pain, hurt, uh, whatever it might be. They're trying to cover up, they're trying to whatever. People are pursuing this, that and the other. They're going after whatever it is that they think will be the next thing that will fulfil their life or make their life worth living or giving them a sense of value and identity and everything else that people are go after. People are looking for something for their life to make sense or to have peace or to feel fulfilled in whatever way. And and so often people get the next thing they think and when they get there and they have it, whatever that might be, it might be a relationship. It might be a material possession. It might be the job they were after. It might be the home they've always wanted to to have. It might be the lifestyle they've always wanted. And maybe initially that thing was like, I've got it, I've got it, I've got it. But then what begins to rise up in them is what's next? What's next? What's the next thing? in my life that's going to, because now this is great, but there must be more, there must be something else. And people then go after one thing after the other. And some people sooner rather than later, some others later rather than sooner, begin to ask questions, what is this all about? Things happen to people in this place. Things they have, feel they have no control over whatsoever. This was done to me. This is what happened to me. And people feel abused. They feel used. They feel shamed. They feel like they feel trapped. They feel like there's no way out of what they are in. And there's a cry that is on the inside of them that says there must be some way out of this. There must be something else. And some people's way out is to take their own life. Because they think that's the only option. I can't, they've lost hope in anything and everybody to the point where that's it. I've got to take my own life. I'm not worthy of living and I'm just a pain to everybody else. And this is what's going on in so many people's lives. Some hide it brilliantly. But yet inside there's a cry on the that, that is crying out. Others, they can't help. It just leaks everywhere. Just they can't hold it in anymore because of what is going on. For Paul the Apostle, he's talking about the life that He led that was unique to Him. Everyone wants to get rid of the rubbish and the negativity. If you went out there and spoke to you, well, you know, you've got friends, family members, you've got work colleagues, people that you know, the rubbish and the negative in their life, nobody wants that. People want good in their lives. They want peace in their life. But most people don't know how to get there. They don't know how to move from here to hear. For most of us, the Bible talks about in John 5:24 that we have crossed from spiritual death into spiritual life. That when we confess our sins and He's faithful and just to forgive our sins, he cleanses us from all unrighteousness. And John 4.25 then says that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ, that, we, that He moves us from death to life. And so when we move from this place of life, in that process, when we come and we surrender everything to Him, in that process, He heals the broken heart. He deals with the shame. He heals the pain, He gets rid of the guilt, He deals with the negativity, all the unworthiness, everything that says this is not possible. And He brings us over from death to life and He puts us in a place of rest and peace in our hearts and lives, where suddenly your mind is not in turmoil any longer, your emotions are not shot any longer, your heart is not broken any longer. Because when He moves us from death to life, it's not just that He forgives us from our sin. The Bible says that we become a new creation in Christ. We become a new person. It's like we're completely different. You've probably had it the same as we have. People that we know that have come to know Jesus, their whole facial expression changes when they surrender everything. Their whole, even their demeanour, their the way they stand and sit and everything about them changes. Why? Because the weight and the effect of sin and the the stuff of life on them has been lifted off. And instead of this weight and this effect on people's lives and bodies and whether outwardly or inwardly, is lifted off. And suddenly their countenance changes, their facial change. Some people look 10, 15 years younger when they've got born again. Have Have you ever met people like that and know people like that? Suddenly, it's like, wow, you look like a different person. Why? Because they are. They are a different person. They are not the same person any longer because on the inside, they've become a different person. And because the inside changes, the outside changes. And Paul, the Apostle Paul, he had all this revelation. He understood all of this. And he said, I'm not the man I was. I'm now a different person. And this is what he says. What, I, what was to my profit? All the things I thought here were to my profit and my gain and were going to make my life something of value and worth and going to make it and everybody would look at me and go, what a brilliant guy, what an amazing person. Oh, I want to be like him. All the things I thought were value and profit, I now realise in this place here mean absolutely nothing. To go after this, that or the other means nothing in the eternal schemes of things the eternal scheme of god in our lives and he realized what is of value is this life that i now have in christ i consider everything lost for the sake of christ what is more i consider everything lost compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing christ my lord for whose sake i have lost all things you know the kingdom is this, you gain by losing. You gain by losing. Jesus talked about if you lose your soul, if you lose your life, if you surrender everything to me, you will lose control. You will lose everything that you thought had value and worth. But when you cross from death to life, you gain everything of who I am. And how many of you have realised that when you're in Christ and He's in you and you live in this place of rest and peace and what the Apostle Paul is talking about as we go a bit more in the next few minutes, even though it's 11.25, um, (laughs) you realise God gives you back more than you had here. Because what you value and what you base your life on here isn't based and valued on what you had there. Let's just quickly read on. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God is by faith. So this life here is a life of faith. This one is trusting in everything of yourself before you knew God. Same with this one, this is trusting yourself over here, but as a believer. Verse 10, I want to know Christ and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in His sufferings. Man, this is is a massive verse, these next couple of verses, these two. He says, I want to know Christ. The word know there in the Greek is the word, it's spelt G-I-N-O-S-K-O, ginosko. That's what it looks like, but you pronounce it Nosko. okay? And, and what the word means there is when he says, I want to know Him, he's not saying I want the knowledge. I don't just want information. What he's saying there, the word nosco there, what it means is I want to know Christ face to face. And in that face-to-face of knowing Christ, I want to know him like that, because in that knowing, in that face-to-face there is no shame. There is no guilt, there is nothing that can separate me from him. I want to know him, I want Nosco, I want to nosco Christ. What does Paul understand? He understands, if I passionately pursue Nosco, face to face with Christ, then this will never have the opportunity to try and take a hold of me again. Because the devil knows, the enemy knows, the power of these things are broken over our lives because of what Jesus accomplished on the cross. But what He wants to do, He wants to appeal to us and tease us and entice us to not depend first of all on God, because that's where it starts. That's where moving into self and our own strength and effort starts. It it begins with the enemy trying to say, is that really true? Is that really right? He tries to undermine our trust and faith in God. So that we move from a place of trust and dependence on God into a place of self where in, in the different moments of our life we begin to try and trust ourselves, and try and work things ourselves, and do things in our own strength. And that's when we begin to take our eyes off of who God is and we get our eyes on ourselves. Once we begin to get our eyes on ourselves, it's the beginning of where the enemy then can begin to take us down some other roads and entice us into some other areas where we begin to trip over different things in, in our behaviour and we get into different things, whether we call them sin, What do we mess up or whatever? But it starts with not trusting God. And then it leads to other things. And the Apostle Paul, he understood that because what is he saying? He said, I could boast, I could boast in all these things. I can boast in how self-righteous I was, how this I was and how the other I was and how this, that and the other. But actually in Christ, I have absolutely nothing to boast of in myself. I could be gifted, I could be brilliant, I could be clever, I could be this, that and the other. But what he's basically saying, Paul was was an incredibly intelligent guy. But what is he saying? He's saying, in Christ, I'm I'm counting all of that as nothing. Because if I know, if I begin to go down that road of I'm intelligent, I'm clever. He takes his eyes off the Lord, he goes down, he begins to go into self. And then what happens? Pride begins to rise up. I'm an intelligent bloke. I'm a clever bloke. I can do this in my own strength. It could be something different for you. It could be, than Paul, it could be something else. So what is he saying? What's he saying here then? He says, I want to know Christ face to face and the power of His resurrection. What does he mean? I want to I know the fullness of His life, the power of that life that overcame death, hell, and sin, and the enemy. I want to know that life face to face, living that resurrection life and the fellowship of sharing in His sufferings. What on earth does that mean? What a statement. I want, a, I want a fellowship. The word fellowship, koinonia, means to abide. It means to be one with. I want a fellowship. Uh, I, want a fello- I want the fellowship of sharing in His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death. What is He basically saying? I want to live in my life daily that which Jesus went to the cross for and killed off. So what's He saying? I want a fellowship, I want to live dead to sin. I want to live dead to the things that could take me away from God. That's what he's saying. I want a fellowship. This is, I don't know about you guys. Somebody else might have a better way of explaining it than I do, but this is my understanding. I I want the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. It's like, I want to live Dead to self. That's the only way I can explain it. So that I can live fully in His life. And if I'm living fully in His life and pursuing Him, then I'm not given opportunity for what is dead in my life, gone and buried, where the enemy might want to come to tempt me in some way, to say, that's not really gone. It's not really. Has He really done that? Then what does He say? Verse 12, we need to finish in a minute. Not that I have already obtained all this and have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ took hold of me. What's He saying? He's not saying that Jesus hasn't accomplished everything, therefore He's trying to still attain what, what He's basically saying, I want to live fully in this intimacy, in this Nosco, in this face-to-face with God. I want to live fully because I don't want... What he's saying, I know what I'm like. I know what I'm like. If I give the enemy room, he's going to have me. If I give him a... he's going to... And so what is he saying? Not that I've already obtained this. I'm not fully living in everything that I understand this resurrection life to be. Uh, or I'm not saying I'm already living perfect, that's what he's saying, but I'm I'm pressing on to take hold of that which Christ has taken hold of me. There's a pursuit, there's a passion in there to know Him, to walk with Him, to want to lay hold of everything that Jesus took hold of him for. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. What's he saying? He's not just pursuing a heavenly, he is pursuing eternal things, but he's saying, I want to live on earth in the same way that Jesus came from eternity into our humanity and showed us how to relate to the Father who is the eternal one, what that looks like on earth. And he's basically, his heart cry is, I want to live dead to self. I want to live as a servant. I want to live to lay my life down. I don't want to live with the values of this world, but I want to live with the values of this kingdom. And then he says in verse 15, all of us who are mature should take such a view of things that if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already obtained. Let's just close our eyes for a minute. Jesus is passionately pursuing every one of us. One of the things we said last week was that the enemy seeks to make us drowsy, that we fall asleep spiritually. We take our eyes off who he is without even realising it sometimes. We settle, we become used to things and it doesn't take many little decisions to begin to take the edge off your life spiritually. And before you know where you are, you're living more in the, this chair of self than you are in that place of rest with Christ. It doesn't mean you're not in Christ anymore. If you're living in self, it doesn't mean you're, you're now not in Christ. Of course you're still in Christ, you're still a child of God, but you're not living in who? we're called to be at that moment. You're not living in by the Spirit, if we can put it that way, in that moment. You've begun to trust yourself, we've begun to settle and what begins to happen? We begin to be, be a bit drowsy and sleepy spiritually. Before we know where we are, we settle for something less and we begin to think, well, this is all right, this is OK. And we don't realise that our heart is beginning to grow cold. And the Apostle Paul is so aware of that. So he sets himself after the pursuit of Jesus. I want to know him. I want to NOSCO. I want to know you face to face. And there's there's no striving. In what he's doing, he's not striving to get somewhere in his own strength and, like, oh, I've got to get to you know, I'm not good enough, not good enough. No, he totally understood that he, it's not about trying to be in Christ. His passion was, in Christ, I want to know you. And what happens when you live in that way, it puts up, it's like walls of protection around your life that shield of faith, that sword of the Spirit in our hearts and lives, that fends off the fiery darts of the enemy, that overcomes the stuff that that comes towards us. So what is He talking about? A daily yielding of our hearts to Him. A daily yielding of our lives to Him. So wherever you are in the room here or at home, I just want you to talk to the Lord right now, just in these last few minutes, and just, just yield yourself afresh to Him. Just thank Him for that invitation of intimacy that He's been giving us over these last few weeks. Just thank Him that He has made you worthy, has made you acceptable. You're not striving to get something He's already given. There's a difference between striving for something and being passionate about something. We strive to get somewhere in our own strength, but we're passionate about who we have and what we already have. That's what Paul's talking about. I'm passionate for who you are in me. I'm passionate for who I am in you. I'm passionate to know you more deeply. There's more to discover of who you already are in me. I'm not trying to get you to be in me. You're already there. You've already made me a place of habitation. And I'm seeking a deeper intimacy, deeper NOSCO with you, more face to face with you, to look at you, to see you, so that who you are affects me even more than it ever has before, that anything out there of the world does not entice me, does not draw me, that those things, they they become even less, they become nothing in that sense. As I take hold of you in a fresh way, as I see you, as you take hold of me, those things around me don't have a hold on me any longer because I take hold of you. Passionate pursuers of Jesus. That's how that's who we are. (coughs) Jesus, we thank you that you've given us your Holy Spirit to enable us not only to know You in, in terms of being born again and being brought into this place of rest, but You've given us Your Holy Spirit to reveal more and more of who Jesus is. As you search the deep things of God, as You say in Your Word, and then You reveal them to us, we want to be those who search, who, who know You deeply, not knowledge in our minds and know lots about You, but a depth of reality in our lives that you, we, you can't help but leak through our lives, leak out of our lives, Jesus. Maybe there are some people today and you just, you just it just seems like, God, I messed up. I, I don't, what Clive's talking about today, I don't feel worthy, feel shame feel guilty. I know there's stuff that is out of sorts with you. I'm out of sorts with you, Jesus. I just feel like I'm just not quite, I just feel. The best thing to do is come, just come to the Lord, be totally honest, say, God, this is is what's happening in me. If you've messed up in some way, tell him, God, there's this going on in me. come before you, bring it to the cross or bring it to you in a fresh way, confess. If you need to, if you do need to confess any sin, repent of anything, then just bring it to Him. His mercy is ready right now to cleanse and forgive, to restore. He wants to reestablish peace in you where you've lost that peace, where maybe you're sitting in this chair of self. Maybe you need to come back into this place of rest and maybe literally just turn towards him in one sense, in your heart, and your mind, say, Jesus, I turn to you afresh, I yield afresh. I come to you, I surrender this, that, whatever it might be, this anxiety, this fear, this worry, this shame, this pain, this guilt. I surrender afresh to you right now. And I thank you that you come with your cleansing power with your forgiveness, with your grace. If you don't know Jesus today, you could be in the room or at home. Maybe you, 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 you when I describe this first chair, you're going, well, that was me. I'm sitting there. I don't know God. And I'm going after this, that and the other yet. I haven't found what I'm looking for. I haven't. I just just not a peace and rest. Today, you can cross from spiritual death into spiritual life. You can move from being separated from God to being in relationship with Him, beginning that whole adventure with Him. That that if you ask anybody that knows God, they never ever want to go back to what they had before knowing God. (laughs) You won't find, I don't know, I've not met anybody who says, I'd rather go back there to where I was than than what God has done in my life. And simply to move from spiritual death to life, you, you, you literally turn towards God and say, God, I surrender to You. Cleanse my life from every sin. Everything I've done that is separated from You, forgive me. I ask You to cleanse my life and my heart. All the stuff I've done, the things I've done to others, things that have been done to me, I ask You for your cleansing, healing power right now in my life. I don't want to stay where I am. I want to move from spiritual death to spiritual life. I want to know You, God. I don't know what that means fully, don't understand everything I've heard today, but something in me is saying, that's what I want. I want You, God. And I give you my life now, I'll give you everything. And I ask you God to give me all of who you are. Would you come and live in me like that guy said, who's talking right now? I want you to come and inhabit yourself in me so that I can know you in the way that bloke's talking about today. Father, I ask you that you would just meet with each person who's crying out to You, responding to You in that way. And I ask You to meet with every one of us as we respond and cry out to You today. Father, I thank You that You would find us as a church passionately pursuing You, passionately responding to Your invitation of intimacy at this time. We thank you Jesus We praise your name Just thank him for what he's doing in your life During this time This morning And just in this time Father we praise you We exalt your name Thank you Jesus Thank you Jesus Thank you Jesus Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith Podcast We trust it's been an encouragement to you